1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees, promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. I've just realized my screen has one of my screens has disappeared, but uh, we'll hopefully get that back. Um, and uh, joining me uh, this evening is uh, Stephen Harris. You, sir. Very good. Thank you, Paul. Always a real privilege and a pleasure to be on the driving wall. Uh, and uh, also joining us, we've got, got Boa arriving, uh, well, just a little bit late, but not too late.
2: On the of time, I believe. Uh, hope everyone is well. Hope everyone is safe. Uh, Auckland Level 3. Steve, nice to see you. And Paul, my highlight of the week, being on this show. So let's rock and roll. Well, three hours and 58 minutes, I think
0: it is, until uh, until Auckland makes it to level three. So, um, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's probably already a, a couple of kilometres queue for every single KFC and McDonald's uh, in Auckland uh, as everyone waits for that uh, that 11.59 opening time. Um, so, uh, yes, I can... Jeez, uh, uh, good luck to the police this evening. I, look, When you've got the gangs... Um, they're not smuggling drugs into Auckland. They've been smuggling KFC into Auckland um, <laughs> by the bucket load. So, uh, yeah, please, folks, no no McDonald's rage or KFC rage this evening. We don't need that. Just um, carefully wait your turn and uh, and you'll get your food. Or just wait till tomorrow. Or, or order, order Uber Eats. I mean, look, there's all sorts of ways to do it. Um, anyway, I'm <laughs> not sure where we're going with that. Uh, but to, Good evening, Simon, um, in the live chat. I uh, don't forget, folks, Yeah, the Driving Wall shows here at 8pm mm-hmm. every single uh, Tuesday, uh, going live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. And you can also uh, listen, us, listen to us wherever you get your pod captures or pod, your podcast, um, as well as the, on the recording. Tonight, some other stuff, we we'll have a look back and look forward around the rugby championship. Uh, there's been some wor- Women's Rugby World Cup qualifying. Uh, the Premiership is back. We've got some NPC and Farrah Palmer Cup news and the Fijian Drua, have announced their first mm-hmm. five players. Um, now, uh, I had a very quick chat with Shane about this on the 5pm uh, lockdown beers. Uh, and we're chatting, folks, Yeah, at 5pm. We're just covering off basically daily news, having a bit of casual chat every day. So we lockdowns. I do join us for that as well. Um, but um, I would like to get your guys' take on the first five players that uh, Fiji and Drua uh, have selected. Um, and also the fact that everyone's going to get an official number, a bit like... Um, uh, the All Blacks have an official number. Um, do, do you like that little touch from uh, um, the Fiji Bar?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, the 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 real cool thing is uh, that you know I, I honestly thought with this whole Fijian Drua, it'll be a bit of a sort of piecemeal thing, and they won't have uh, necessarily the level of organisation behind it. But you know, it, it seems that they've they've got. Pieces of the puzzle ready. Um, obviously, they've named the first five signings. And, you know, with, with a team like uh, this, the marketing's going to be right. So, this is a great sign of things to come. And also, I, I looked at some of the sponsors on their backdrop. You know, looks like they've got almost everything in, in place. So, really exciting times. Uh, long, long overdue. Super happy. Uh, and I know uh, quite a few players, uh, you know, who um, I've I've coached at age grade level. Uh, really excited about this, and this would be the perfect uh, shadow opportunity for the Fiji national team as well. Uh, and uh, the level of exposure these guys are going to get. So I think it's great. Very excited. I can't wait. I I, I just I just hope that you know they. They, once they get on the field, they start throwing that ball around, and uh, you know they can they can really justify their presence in this Super Rugby competition.
0: Stephen, your thoughts on the uh, on on the, the Fiji uh, Yeah, uh, we've, we've already had
3: it. we've already had a bite sized sample of the of the drawer having played in the Australian NPC, and they they, they took out a, a title. And uh, from what I can recall, they played some absolutely brilliant rugby. And uh, if you want to talk about box office, uh, Onusi, Onusi Ratavai well, he is total box office. And that's after after a couple of games only in the uh, 221 Bunnings mm. NPC. And boy, he's, a, he's the sort of player you would actually pay to go along
0: and watch. Well, I was going to run through the five of them, see what you guys know about them. Um, so, Fijian drew a number one. This person will always be number one. uh, Napolini, uh Bolaka. Um, and uh, please, if uh, if, I've, if I've butchered it too much, please, please do correct me. But um, Tokyo Olympics gold medalist, uh, a sevens player. Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a good start there.
2: Absolutely. I think Bolaka has his... He's, he's a sevens exponent. What what this guy can do is he can switch direction and step at extreme speed. So that that's that's a real skill in itself and real entertainer. So what what I'm liking about all this is the ability of most of these players to kind of uh, co-mingle and mix and match from the sevens to the fifteen. So we will see a lot of players. As I said once upon a time on our, one of our shows when the former All Black Brad Johnson was coaching Fiji, he came out and said, "I have." Fourteen wingers and one halfback. So this is evidence <laughs> that this, this, this is the this is the sort of team we're going. Go uh, of course, Bolaka had an amazing uh, Olympic sevens uh, as well as you know his his build-ups. As you can see, he's got 19 tries in 35 matches. So you know he knows his way around the field as well as scoring tries.
0: Uh, Stephen, then number two, um, the whilst uh, as you say we've got a we've got a, a back there um, also. Um, a, uh, a hooker now, uh, Tavita uh, ikenabe is number two, and uh, uh, flying Fijian uh, international got a cap. Only twenty-two years old, two years old, but uh, yeah, looks like he's uh, come through the come through the levels there. Yeah,
3: and and you know, as 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 you can see, provincial team is 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 Suva. So you know, it, it's great that they're actually going local, which also bas- basically means that you know. The locals in Fiji can actually relate to these players.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, and he also played for the Fiji and drew and they were part of the NPC. Um, we've then got um, Ratovai, who was the uh, player you were talking about, Stephen, who's uh, played for the Bay of Plenty this year, uh, scored two tries at the weekend. Uh, yeah, he's an excitement machine, isn't he? Oh, he, he is. I
3: suppose the real surprising thing. Is there 29 years old? You ask yourself, where's he been, for crying out loud? You know, um, but on, on on saying that, he he can do a lot of things that most wingers can't do. Very, very stockily built and strong through the
0: hips. And that's, I guess, that is, folks, what this VG and Drew is going to really bring, is that these guys, he's 29 years old, he's obviously been playing, professional, playing rugby at a professional level um, for a number of years, but probably not getting paid for it. Uh, and uh, finally he gets his chance, but it's people like him who will get a better chance. Um, provincial team, um, Mamosi, um, I've not, I'll be honest, I have no idea where that is uh, within Fiji, but uh, yeah, uh, this is the kind of guy that, that the Fijians are really going to uh, give a much better opportunity to, because I say he was cracking at the weekend um, for uh, Bay of Plenty against Hawke's Bay, admittedly in a losing side. Uh, another older person then, um Uh, Nimani Ngoza uh, 33 back rower there um, 18 caps for uh, the flying Fijians and uh, you just kind of think he's been with the flying Fijians since 2012 uh, um, and he's only got 18 caps you're like wow Uh, this shows you how little the Fijian side play uh, which is uh, uh, which is a big thing but uh, again uh, those the first two young the second two a bit older good to see some experience in this team as well
2: you know, question, Nagusa, he's, he's a real uh, tradesman and he's, he's a war He's been around and particularly given, I think he's probably, he's one of the guys, he's probably played close to 500 Sevens games uh, in tournaments which are played in Fiji. Every year in Fiji, there's probably about a good 30 to 40 uh, top level uh, inter-provincial and inter-club sort of uh, uh, with the involvement of the Armed Forces uh, Sevens Uh, tournaments and competitions. So this guy, he's certainly earned his stripes. One thing I like about this particular Fijian side is this is, I think, the missing link when it comes to Fiji converting some of this uh, experience and and form which they've grown, um, homegrown in in the islands itself, into the the 15s game. Because we see uh, a lot of sevens tournaments Within, within Fiji and that's that's where they pool all their talent and that's how they bring all that talent into the international uh, circuits with particularly the world rugby uh, WR or the IRB sevens circuit so this this is going to be this opportunity where particularly with some of these older guys where the experience comes in they'll probably play a key role in mentoring some of the younger guys give this team four to eight years and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna see some uh, significant uh, talent coming through, as well as Fiji making a mark on the 15 scale.
0: Yeah, that's probably again is, is, is then hopefully they do get that four years uh, and uh, four proper years, unlike the uh, 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 the Sunwolves who kept changing every year. And then the final player, um, another youngster uh, at halfback, um, Simone Kuravoli. Um, there is the, uh, the final player. Again, another person who's been part of the Sevens squad uh, in there, but has also played some Fifteens um, uh, for the um, Flying Fijians as well. So uh, another one uh, who has uh, I'd say, yeah, played with the Sevens uh, and and also played with the Flying Fijians. All five of them look like they're local boys, which is um, good to see, as, as Stephen was saying. Uh, so there you go, folks. That's the first five. Um, also... Um, folks, just putting a link in the um, in, in the live chat uh, for my um, update uh, on the fijian uh, Drewer from about two weeks ago now, uh, which talks which looks at uh, I went and goes through their press conference they gave uh, that was an hour long. Folks, if you really want to go through that yourself, you can do. Mine's a much more slimmed down uh, nine minute update, I think it is, uh, where I talk about where they're going to play, uh, the coaching staff, the um, the playing squad, how it's going to be made up, etc. So uh, that link is in the live chat there for you, folks. Uh, it is for supporters of New Zealand Sport Radio only, um, but you can become a supporter for a little as little as a dollar a month. So seriously, it's one of the, it's the cheapest uh, paywall you have around, and you also help me uh, actually be able to maybe you never know actually afford my petrol to go to football games we go to rugby games uh, as well. Paul, I was going to say Simeone is um, obviously former
3: Fiji under twenties. But he's a, a player who can play both halfback and first five. So, very versatile. He's also played one test.
0: I wish yeah, he played much,
2: two tests. Pretty much being the undecided Frank Lamani, uh, the you know first choice halfback. Uh, one other thing I have to say, gentlemen, is this team, I think, particularly with the locals in Fiji, the island folk, you know, this will be a team which they can really relate to because almost the entire squad is recruited within uh, the homegrown turf or homegrown patch. And this will be one of the unique features of this site because if you look at most of the other Super Rugby sites, there's a lot of draft players coming in as well. So from from creating that identity and having a strong home support and being for for, for the locals to be able to connect with this team, this is a fantastic opportunity. And I think, uh, yeah, we, we, we're going to see some fireworks. This This team is going to really... Check some of the foundations, up, particularly in this debut season, and uh, let's 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 just see where this adventure takes them. Yeah, look, there's a couple of things that um, I
0: talk about in that preview thing. One is that they're not going to be able to play in Fiji year one, unfortunately. Um, so that's uh, uh, that's not going to be uh, that's not going to be possible. Um, and uh, secondly, one of the things that we've that we've mentioned a couple of times now is that due to this COVID lockdown we've had recently, uh, and the that we lost three weekends to uh to that through the uh for the mpc means that the uh, mpc is going to run late into late uh november um and uh, that means that the normally the superhero franchises would gather at the beginning of december to get some work in before christmas and new year uh and have a break and then come back again it looks like some there is a potential that uh the New Zealand Super Rugby franchises and, by extension, Moana Pacifica, won't be able to gather pre-Christmas, or at least not their players who are part of NPC. So uh, that's going to hurt uh, Moana Pacifica in particular uh, with their preparation pre-season, um, because obviously they haven't met before, whereas the other uh, most of the other squads will have some familiarity. Uh, but um, it looks and it sounds like the Fijian Drua will be gathering earlier uh, than that um, and uh, I go through that in the actual in, in the update but some um, the uh, so I, I do think that uh, with that extended preseason that they're going to have they they really could hit the ground running and, and as you say about surprise some people early doors um,
2: and one thing I have to say sorry with, with modern Pacific I look with with these uh, sides you know predominantly the Pacific Island place yeah look uh, you know, we, we can't overcoach too much of the structures. You just got to let these guys play. Uh, so it's 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 a bit of a double-edged sword because, you know, you don't want to be too loose, but at the same time, you want to be too structured. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, everyone adapts. And I, I, I hope, more so for Warner Pacifica's uh, sake, that, you know, they just turn up and throw the ball around and play some entertaining rugby. Because if they do that, they do that, boy, it's, uh, it's, it's going to give us some fireworks.
0: Uh, it is, we have heard off the, um, on the quiet, or uh, well, off the record, um, some uh, some players who have um, been signed for Pumano-Pacifica already. So folks, so don't worry about, so if you've not heard, if, if you're thinking, geez, we've not heard anything yet from Pumano-Pacifica, part of that is that, that it's not red that is getting their uh, media in place properly um, to make these announcements because I say at the moment, we know that there have been signings happening. We do know some of the names that have been signed uh, but we can't say them yet, uh, and we'll have to. So don't worry too much. So, that, so don't get too too worried about Monster. It is um, it's, it is definitely on the way. Um, the looking forward then to uh, this coming weekend, uh, we have had some announcements around the um, uh, the the NPC uh, fixtures. Um, the uh, that. Um, uh because we we, we have added some more now uh this coming weekend i am planning to be at uh for the npc um uh well which one is i'm gonna get the wrong one now no the npc is Bay of plenty versus um taranaki um on uh, sunday the 26th of september so this sunday i hope to be at that game um followed by the following week we've got some. Um, uh, four games currently, so Northland versus Waikato, Bay of Plenty versus Wellington, 2 versus Otago, and Tasman versus Southland. So I'm um, hopefully on the Saturday, the 2nd of October, we'll be at Bay of Plenty versus Wellington. Um, and then the week six, it looks like I can't get to any games, boys. I'm, I'm a bit upset by this. So Wellington versus Canterbury, Hawke's Bay versus Tasman, Otago versus Taranaki, and Southland versus two. So um, all those ones are a little bit too far for me to travel to. So week six, it looks like, folks, I won't be going unless somebody would like to uh, step up and uh, pay for my flights to um, to somewhere. Um, I mean, I'd love to get down to Otago versus Taranaki for the F- F- Forsyth-, F- Forsyth Bar Stadium if someone would like to fly me down there, or even uh, down to Invercargill to watch Southampton versus Manawatu, 2. That'd be fantastic. In fact, I could catch them both. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. If someone, uh, sorry, hey, if there's someone out there who wants to sponsor me for that uh, um, for a little road trip around the uh, around the South Island there, then please do um, please do get in touch. Uh, but um, good to see that, they, that uh, we're getting these NPC uh, games announced. But um, still a little bit concerning around Auckland counties and uh, North Harbour. We've had no more news on that side of things, um, Stephen. Yeah, not a, not a lot. Uh, apparently, according to the
3: the New Zealand uh, Rugby Rugby Football Union, they they haven't got up on on basically on these. Uh, uh, these these three times apparently the governing body are saying here, maybe look looking they've obviously convert, confirmed those fixtures for uh, rounds five and six which will which basically feature many of the teams that you you just just mentioned now according to the general manager of community rugby Steve Lancaster he'd hoped that Auckland teams would rejoin the competition no no later than the um. Eighth or October the eighth to avoid any major disruption. So uh, yeah, boy, who knows? Um, depending if the level of, level of cases come down, who knows if, if 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 they're dropping down to to single digits, even though the government has it, it has pretty much said what's the date they've given us the, the two weeks from the Tuesday gone. Um, anything well, weeks, anything might weeks, happen. Like... Yeah yeah. Yeah, I think um, uh,
2: particularly particularly Auckland, uh, as far as Auckland rugby concerned, concerned, yeah, they're playing this very safe uh, given what happened with the exemptions being pulled for those players and the paperwork being kind of shifted about, uh, you know, I don't think the unions can afford any further bad press, and I think NZRFU are onto it as well, because if you recall, uh, the uh, the netball girls took a bit of flack, particularly after four of their players from Auckland were granted exemptions, so as far as Union and uh, Auckland are uh, concerned, I think they're playing this very, very safely. I am uh, On the great point, I can say they're trying everything they can to uh, put another case forward and see if they can um, send the team out of Auckland. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't see any of these things happening. In, in the near future, and I think realistically, as Steve Lancaster uh, said, uh, eight, no later than eighth of October. And if if there is a delay, then I think there'll be a serious question mark on the participation because we know the girls teams have been pulled uh, from the comp anyway. So we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit surprised that Steve Lancaster is the person dealing with this as head of community rugby, because I would have thought NPC would come under high performance. Um, but um, so so a bit surprised by that. That's, yeah. That's it. It, it, furthermore to that,
3: Paul, he's he's basically quoted as, however, with Auckland set for a fortnight at uh, level level three, the best case scenario for them is safely return to the to the fold seems like uh, about fifteenth of October at the earliest. So yeah, I, I suppose that's that's probably what the expectation is is uh, minimum. But on saying that, um, there'll be a lot of catch up games in, inserted any, to any um, uh, rejigged draw if Auckland Auckland Counties, Monaco, and North Harbour are re entered into the competition.
0: Yeah, I, mean, uh, I was.
2: Uh, sorry, come. An, another probability is, of course, this is worst case scenario. You know, they might not exactly be able to fit all these catch-up games might be a case of some of these teams going to have to share points. That is a very, very strong probability. They haven't come to that stage yet, but all this is actually dependent on, you know, in principle that uh, particularly Auckland stay in level three for another two weeks and they drop down a level. If that doesn't happen, then this is seriously, seriously, why call the plans out of sync.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit surprised that um, Chris Lender isn't involved, but uh... Um, as he's perhaps involved in the relationship with New Zealand Rugby Players Association, maybe he's uh, has a lot on his plate at the moment with um, around that side of things. But so uh, yeah, a bit surprised to say that uh, uh, that Chris Lendrum isn't isn't the uh, person leading this, and that's uh, Steve Lancaster, and that's um, yeah, Steve Lancaster is. There we go. Um, the uh, he yeah, um, So I'm not surprised. It's the way New Zealand Rugby um, uh, uh, well cleats the. he says the NPC. Um, as they treat it like if it's a community rugby competition that annoys me because it's a professional competition yeah um, anyway it is what it is uh, and um, uh, we'll we'll see how that. and because look community rugby and one of the things you'll notice and again it's uh, Stephen's going to call me a bit of a uh, a um, a nerd on this one but last year if you follow the Ferran Palmer Cup they had squads of 22 players in the matchday squad not 23 Uh, and that's changed this year i.e. You would have one hooker and one prop on the bench previously, and then this year it's gone up to 23. So, I mean, the two props likely see in professional rugby. Um, and uh, to me, that's kind of a, a good guide. guidance as to if you've got 22 men in match day squad, you're probably talking about community rugby, whereas if you've got 23, you're talking about professional rugby generally, would be my kind of thing. I mean, Bo, would you have any kind of guide as to when, as to which, which competition is supposed to use 23 or 22 men squads?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that is, that is a, a, a good guide. Um, my understanding is pretty much that all professional competition, all senior to elite level. So what we call first class rugby and, uh, NPC is actually classified as professional rugby, although, uh, I have to say some of the squads are pretty much semi-professional because some of those guys, they do actually have day jobs. Mm. Uh, so 23 is pretty much your standard run on. Uh, game day squad, uh, but uh, in some in some competitions, uh, particularly grassroots and amateur competitions, senior it is 22. So yeah, that's 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 generally how things roll.
0: Yeah, you look at there's a, there's a big difference. In it. If you look, down, if you go look at something like Southland squad, uh, you're looking through that one, you go. Oh, it's about two or three uh, super super-heavy players in it, and then you look at um, the game at the weekend between Hawke's Bay and uh, mm-hmm. Bay of Plenty. And Hawke's Bay are bringing Gareth Evans, uh, a one cap All Black, and a Super Rugby player off the bench, <laughs> and uh, Bay of Plenty were also bringing Super Rugby players off the bench. So some squads have got more Super Rugby players than others, uh, and therefore more professional, as in full time uh, players, um, than others. But um, so yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, there is there is definitely a difference, uh, a variety of levels uh, across the different uh, provinces from that point of view. Stephen, you you're grinning at that point.
3: I'm, I'm I'm having a well i shouldn't chuckle about it but it's it's quite interesting we we talk about this sort of professional level of a game but boy if you if you if you're in heartland rugby at the moment COVID is not an issue <laughs> um, all those games seem to it looks like they'll get through pretty much a, a full season in the heartland division and I think that's fantastic.
0: Well yes, I mean uh Thames Valley might miss a couple of players from uh, f- from North Haraki, but uh, uh that would be about <laughs> it really.
2: Um, <laughs> probably. I reckon they should rename it Festival Rugby as post because that's what it says, that certainly seems like it. Uh but yeah, it's a wonderful thing and uh, lo- you know, all power to them and long may it continue.
0: The yep, yeah, and so um I, I did get invited to, to head over to uh, uh for, for for a uh, uh, an away trip with Thames Valley to um, East Coast. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I've got my girls this weekend, so I can't make that trip. But so that, that would have been an interesting one. So, yes, Heartland Championship is alive and well, as you say, uh, having kicked off last weekend uh, in that sort of things. Um, just to wrap up then on the Farrah Palmer Cup, to let you know, so as Boa alluded to earlier, uh, that Auckland, North Harbour and Counties Manukau have all had to pull out of that competition. Um, Auckland and County's Manukau from the Premiership um, and also um, what's the other uh, and then uh, North Harbour as part of the uh, Championship um, the uh, and that means that uh, the finals have been a little bit uh, kind of messed up unfortunately uh, now I thought they would just be well the next four um, teams would be uh, would be kind of just be allowed to be in the finals but no um, you that In this kind of table, you still have to be in the top four, including those teams that can't play the last two games. So um, that means for the Premiership that uh, Canterbury is going to finish top um, of that table, uh, they take on um, Otago this weekend. Uh, Bay of Plenty will host um, Wellington. Now, if Wellington beat Bay of Plenty, they will go into the finals. If not, then there'll be no preliminary final, no semi-finals at all um uh the preliminary final would be waikato versus Wellington if wellington win this weekend and that will be the weekend after next uh the first weekend of october um sorry it's not the, yeah, is that the week no sorry yes yeah, so it'll be a weekend yeah a weekend after next so the, the, the second third of the weekend i think is the is the semifinals um and then uh, the final will be on the ninth 10th down in the Champions. so hope so if wellington win I might be able to make it to the wellington seems like the waikato Versus Wellington semi-final. We'll have to wait and see about that. On the championship side, Manua 2 are going to finish top. Uh Probably, I should know, there's one more round. And Northland, so Manor 2 Northland are in as our Hawks Bay. The exact order of that is yet to be decided mm-hmm. on that one. Um, evening Nocturnal Rights, who's joined us in the live chat as well. And yes, that winger looks pretty damn exciting. Uh, for those of you uh, who are joining us partway through, we talked about that winger. As part of the first section of this show so do go back and listen to that uh on that one i'm gonna i just realized i've not put my uh, daughters to bed and turned the light off and they should be asleep by now so um i'm uh, gonna hand over to um steven see which way he wants to take the show for the next uh, couple of minutes thanks paul while well, paul, paul's heading away
3: on a, a bit of a break bar and i'll have a we'll have our own little uh conversation but um yeah, it's really quite sad for the for the women's game, isn't it, Thor? That um, it's, oh. it's basically resulted in this.
2: Yeah, look, really gutted, and you know, particularly with the Auckland uh, girls' team. I mean, you know, we, we're talking one of the top teams uh, competitions. competition, so we are actually going to miss out on some, uh, you know, serious talent on show. Um, and look, I, I, I did. Think about this whole scenario, and you know I, I can understand from a logistical point of view they've they've scratched uh, those three teams, but eventually maybe at some point once uh, restrictions are lifted, maybe you know we could have some friendlies so that at least these girls who've uh, you know prepped and trained get an opportunity to have a bit of a run out, and maybe that might happen after all, and um, you know we just have to keep our eyes open. Uh, this is something I've actually put forward to Auckland Rugby. Look whether they do it or not, and whether even if it's possible, I don't know. But I just feel so so bad for these girls because you know they've uh, you know made a lot of sacrifices, and last moment for this sort of thing to happen is just absolutely gut wrenching.
3: Yeah, even even for example, maybe a. <clears throat> maybe with three the three unions that are that are based in in this part of the world, put on a maybe a you know a week a weekend tournament over over two or three days. I know it's 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 a bit of a tough ask, but if they can put really big big squads together and and just really really mix it up a bit, you know, um, so there isn't a high attrition rate, but it's at least something uh, for these girls to end their season. And I see our host is back, Paul, from putting the g- girls to bed, so
0: I'm going to hand the reins straight back to you, Sue. Hey, very much. Um, the um, I mean, uh, the I mean, one of the one of the issues with that is that the Black Ferns will be taking out those sides uh, and heading off overseas for the uh, for their tour of um, England and France with two games against England, two games with France. I Can't remember exactly which order those games are in, uh, but they have got those games coming up. It's great to see. Uh, for, for, for that point of view, and that's been one of the problems around the Farah Palmer Cup is that they do have uh, the the Black Ferns playing in it, whereas the NPC doesn't have to worry about the what the All Blacks are up to because they're they very rarely playing it anyway. Um, so, <laughs> um, having said that, there will be two All Blacks playing in the, playing this weekend. Um, with them, uh, uh, we'll see Sam Whitelock heading down to Otago uh, to play with Canterbury. Uh, this weekend and also uh, uh aaron smith heading up to heading, heading down to tasman to play for Manawa 2 as well so two all blacks in the NPC. um now it's a real shame that they can only have 100 fans or 100 fans per section um so it won't be a big draw card um, for fans but uh, hope but it might be a bit of a draw card for people to watch the games
3: paul, um paul, paul i was going to say i'm, I'm oh, sorry say- I just, be,
0: that's absolute rubbish what i said i was looking at the um Farah Palmer Cup fixtures, not the um, not the NPC fixtures to say yeah. where the players would be.
2: Yeah, I think mean, Des- Desmond um, will be hosting Waikato this I was, Friday. I was
0: gonna
3: I was gonna say um
2: Man Two.
0: Uh, so Manawa Two are hosting Northland, so Aaron Smith will be at home against Northland, uh, and Sam Whitelock will be travelling with Canterbury down to Southland.
3: Yep. I, I, was about, I was about to say guys I, I, if, if Aaron Smith was heading down to play for Tasman I would definitely want to have a look at their wage subsidiary
0: books uh, if he was no, heading no, down no, that I, way. I meant against Tasman um, and also yeah. and, and, and Dr. Walsh makes, makes the point that Sharon Bezell is still an All Black um, and that uh, uh, he is also playing uh, that is very true he is yes
2: Yeah no um, is always on to it nice to have him on the show uh, yeah look uh I, I think uh, these two All Blacks playing, particularly Samuel Whitelock and Aaron Smith, will be a real drawcard, and we might actually have some good TV ratings, particularly on those two games as well. So something to look forward to, gentlemen.
0: So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, 2 o'clock on Saturday and uh, followed by 4 o'clock on Saturday, mm. um, those two games. Um, I, unfortunately, won't be able to watch those live because I'll be at Play Aplenty. Well, hopefully, I'll at Play I need to get... Uh, um, I need to get... Um, permission for my daughters to come with me for that game uh, against Farah Palmer Cup, but uh, I don't think they'll have enough spaces or not. we will have to wait and see. Um, but folks, I was the only media at Waikato uh, on Friday night at the FMG stadium. I was the only media again down in down Tarana- down in um, sorry, sorry, tar- down in um, Tauranga, uh on Saturday for the Bay of Plenty Farah Palmer Cup game. So look, if you do want to um, support us getting around these uh, and, and help promote uh, these um these games and please do head over to patreon.com forward to NZ Sport Radio, and become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio. Moving on then. Um, the uh, Rugby, World Rugby World, Women's Rugby World Cup is going to be held in New Zealand next year um, and it'll be a good opportunity for us to uh, uh, just to bring ourselves up to speed with uh, who is and who isn't involved in that so far. Um, the, um, wow. Wow. Uh not right what is it 10 years since he's played for um uh since he's played for Canterbury. Wow. That's a uh Sam Whitelock, wow, that's a big, a big um a big break between drinks.
2: Um yep. folks, uh sorry Paul, I have to say, uh supporters uh on Patreon. Look uh if you follow some of our tips on uh the NPC and if you did take our tips last week, and I'm going to take my chance to gloat again. Uh, you know, you would have uh, had a very, very profitable weekend. And if you do, uh, you know, be nice, be kind. Here's your chance. Uh, you can donate at Patreon because I have to say, Paul, look at mate, It takes, uh, you know, a lot of commitment to do what you're doing as well as Mr. Harris over there. So to all our fans listening, uh, do follow our tips. And as I said last weekend we had a really, very, really, very, very profitable uh, weekend of tipping. And if you do land the jackpot, just go on patreon.com slash NZ Sport Radio and make sure you give us a donation. Bo we even picked the bloody draw at the weekend. That was uh, that was uh, yeah,
0: shocking. Um, so there we go. <laughs> um, so as women's rugby world cup so the automatic qualifiers from the last Rugby world cup are um new zealand england france and the usa canada australia and wales already qualified from uh, the uh, south african um uh, also talking that from the africa pool um is uh, south africa uh, and or from the from the um oceania uh piece uh we've um Fiji have also qualified um, for that as well. Um, looking at the, um, uh, what, what's happening, the reason i are talking about this is because this weekend, the European qualifiers are happening or the last weekends they have done uh, with um, Ireland, Italy, Scotland and um, Spain. And they've had two rounds so far of their qualifying with the third round coming this weekend. Uh, and so far, every single team has, um, has played one, uh, sorry, played two, one one, lost one, with one bonus point. So all four teams are on five points coming into this last round of games this weekend. Italy um, sits at top of the table with a point difference of plus 17 leading the way. Uh, they will face Spain. Um, and uh, Ireland are uh, facing Scotland uh, in those games. So uh, we will find out one more team this weekend that will be heading over to New Zealand for the Women's Rugby World Cup next year. Uh, and uh, we'll bring it up to speed next week as to who that is uh, and which team also goes into the reprachage uh, to join Samoa uh, and uh, Colombia, who are the two teams so far in the There'll be one more coming from the Asia Women's Championship between uh, Japan, Hong Kong, and looks like Kazakhstan. Um, so interesting one there. Uh, for all of the, that, um, that side of things, um, and uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Simon has actually watched them as much as I must admit I haven't actually seen any. Um, but uh, the yeah the, the level of um, of rugby has has been improved. But uh, and Spain really should be uh, in the, uh, the Women's Six Nations. Totally agree, uh, they have outplayed um, some of their uh, opponents there. So. Uh, yeah, you ex- they, they to me, yeah, Spain are, are very unlucky to have been removed from the Six Nations, but I think we've talked about that before. Um, on that one, um, so folks, the final thing then is the the rugby championship um, at the weekend. Um, I mean, we also did post match reaction to uh, the um, Wallabies versus the Springboks uh, and uh, the uh, the All Blacks versus. Uh, the Pumas kind of went uh, pretty much as plan- as as expected. Um, I mean, a better showing this this weekend by by the Pumas, but still uh, a comfortable win for the All Blacks. But uh, um, Stephen, any other takeaways from the weekend before we look forward? Yeah, uh, I, I suppose some something that we should really look
3: at is that is that really the tactics that the Australians used to basically un- unlock unlock all the doors and the, the South African defence, obviously. We all know they're huge on on rush defense. They use that blitz defense very very well. So it's a really full credit to to Dave Rennie and, and Scott Johnson and the guy Scott Cantor, um, other other fella whose name's just gone out of my head at the minute that they who uh, was with Eddie, Eddie Jones. And just technically, I thought they were on point with the inside ball move, moving the moving the ball at, at at times, and you know just just running. Re- some really good ball carriers just a little bit wider from the ruck and we saw we saw an example of that obviously Taniola te, uh, Tupo the Tongan tong and Thor running just that little bit wider you know all of a sudden he's running at sm- smaller men and he just runs with such devastating effect so um, yeah just just
0: a huge compliment to- Unfortunately, we've, uh, we've lost Stephen as uh, his mobile data cuts out. But, um, bella what, what were your what were your takeaways from, from the weekend, and I guess comments about uh, about what uh, what Australia were doing?
2: Yeah, look, one one key thing for me was the mismatches, uh, which uh, the Wallabies always managed to create, particularly when they put forwards out wide. Uh, against the Springbok backs, and I think that was the most telling factor because if you look at most of those uh, one-on-one um, head-to-head matchups, there's every single time there was at least plus ten post-contact meters. So that was for me a very, very telling uh, uh, statistic. And also, uh, you know, Samu Karevi coming back from sevens. I mean, you know, I, I have to admit, I did not expect to see him play at that level of intensity, just like that, out drop of a So that shows what a class uh, player he is and who can adapt from the 7s to 15. Because in the past, I've seen a lot of 7s uh, players wanting to make the transition. They really struggle because, you know, the two games are fundamentally quite different. Uh, so those two uh, particular uh, situations. And, and also, I think for the Wallabies, just reward because they were the team which looked like they actually wanted to play rugby. You Know, um, and from from a spectator point of view, uh, every bit of uh, you know, endeavor they showed ended up with some form of reward. And uh, you know, you have to applaud a side who put four tries past the reigning world champions.
0: Um, I, I think the other player, also, perhaps we've not uh, uh, is um, I think for Betty got himself much more involved uh, in this game as well. Uh, and so. Uh, there was, was one there's one clip that's going around showing how he was how uh, drawing a yellow card he was packing down at blindside and he makes it across the other side of the pitch to uh, to join a ruck and basically and and to uh drive the uh, south africans off the ball uh to get to get a penalty. so um yeah he's another player that got through a a, a real uh chunk of work uh, as well in this game you know quite interestingly enough
3: paul when i saw that piece i, I watched it a couple of times and the reason i watched it a couple of times because I wanted to see what Mustard, who was packing on the same side of the scrum, what his role was in, ter- of, in terms of getting to that next breakdown. Of course, great bit of play by by Betty to get across the other side and then recognise and to show the strength that that was a turnover mm-hmm. opportunity. Now, I watched uh, Mustard. Mustard pretty much went into the middle of the field. To act as uh, I would 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 imagine probably a, a ball receiver if the ball came, but unfortunately they just didn't have physical. The South Africans just didn't have physical numbers at their breakdown. That was just an unbelievable bit of play because to be honest, I don't really know if that was in the script. I think that's something Cora Betty pretty much played what was in front of
2: him. Would you agree, mm-hmm. Boa? Yeah, no question, and I'm very happy for Koroibeti because he's had his fair share of critics, uh, particularly here in New Zealand. Some, some, you know, a lot of people actually uh, said, you know, he probably doesn't deserve his spot. But you know, he's a class player, just like most of those players in that backline. And of course, you know, there's no substitute for speed. And uh, Chupo, when he made that break and did that no look pass, he had the perfect player on his outside, and and Koroibeti, You know, if you look at play, that pass wasn't the greatest of passes because Koroibeti had to actually take it just past his hip behind him. But because he had the skills to kind of, you know, uh, regather the ball on the run without giving up or uh, losing any speed of acceleration, he caught the ball with his fingertips, tucked it in, and then, you know, it was it was like the roadrunner trying to chase the coyote, it just came over. Uh, but yeah, look, fantastic work. Um, and again, you know, it's commitment. You know, really good players, you know, when they're under the pump and when people question their very uh, existence in the team, they come up with good performance. And he did all the talking on the field, all the numbers clearly stated that. Uh, and that the interplay between Tupo and Koroibiti, It was just like, uh, you know, Batman and Robin. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think one of the problems that uh, that, that, uh, that Bitti has is he is not a atypical rugby union <clears throat> winger, Right. Uh, he comes from league uh, where, and uh, one of the things he likes to get involved in a lot is actually hanging around the back of rucks and taking pick and go. Uh, and there are very few wingers who like to pick and go, but he is—he you know, he, he likes to get involved in that part, part of things. Uh, and I'm—I'm I'm guessing that's from his uh, from his league days. Uh, so there, uh, and, and and sort of being hovering around behind the tackle to to take breaks where he can. So uh, yeah, I, I think part of—I think yeah it doesn't fit the mould of what people think a, a, a world-class uh, union winger should be. Uh, and uh, I think that probably brings him down in some people's eyes. But, yeah, he's a, he's a very, very good player. Uh, and his skill set is, I'll say, I would say, pretty unique for a winger. Um, I was about well. to
3: say, that those two wingers have been a revelation. Even even Callaway, if, if you recall. Callaway played for Counties Monaco in last year's Moda 10 Cup. And I, I really didn't see a lot that suggested to me international winger mm. at the time and Kuroibeti, we always thought when he first came across from rugby league that you could just see he was struggling positionally but those two man they they've actually planted they've they've cemented their places in, in this particular side if you think back to last year i think Delgunu was uh, was one of the wingers for um, for the wallabies he's pretty much Disappeared for this this time being. Um, you know there was also um, Suliasi Vunivalu who also came back from the the Melbourne Storm and is probably a work in in progress at this stage. So these two are making these wing positions their their positions and holding on to it. It's just a shame they are going to lose uh, um It's a shame we, we they can't get him out of this contract.
0: Well, look the the. the... Uh, they are reviewing or or looking at changing the ghetto law, so he may still be available to them uh, from, from from that point of view. Um, uh, Nocton White says he looks a bit like Solivelli. Um, uh, he used to be the Highlanders winger. I don't, I, I
2: can't. Uh, I don't remember, but there we go.
0: Um,
2: how, yeah, how I, I that? think I think Goro has a bit more speed on uh, this gentleman he's talking about. And one thing I like about Marika is. You know, he, he he loves to chase things. He loves be be uh, uh, tack, you know tackling a player, ball carrier, or you know going for the try line. One thing I do have to say, which is a negative uh, about the Wallabies, is the the most of the players have a, a very high tendency of going in quite high into mm. a tackle, and this is this is quite endemic of them, particularly with Lockie Swinton, because when you saw that uh, sort of shoulder on shoulder, and it was you know there was head on head contact, and if you recall, Marika Koroibiti's red card, which is obviously sc- scratched on appeal, uh, you know, these players tend to go like borderline shoulder level. Now, whilst it's not illegal, eventually, eventually, you are going to see uh, a nasty on-field collision and the inevitable uh, use of business cards from the referees, the yellow and the red card. And now the the high tackle framework is pretty clear. Any direct contact to the head is a straight red card, whether there's mitigation or not. So uh, guys like Koroi Bitti, you know, they like to go in high and that's from that league background. Uh, And also Lockie Swinton, he's, he's another candidate. So these are some of the little things I think they need to iron out of their game. And given that they've got a couple of games coming back to back with the Pumas and, you know, history says one thing, Pumas are a bit of a banana skin for this Wallaby. So all this good work... They can't undo by allowing these little errors creeping into the game, something which they need to be aware of. And I'm pretty sure Dave Rennie will be working on this.
0: So um, LB says all three players seem to have finally pour into their game plan. Uh, and with that comment there then uh, about obviously the humans being a banana skin, um, Stephen, what kind of uh, uh, Wallabies lineup do you think we're going to see? Are we going to see pretty much the same team rolled out again? Or, is, is it, or, or do they need to rest some players after three tough games <coughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah i i do obviously there's the
3: there's the obvious <clears throat> excuse me replacement which is um which is for, for, for tom banks so they'll they'll definitely have to to make some changes i'd, I'd have to have a look at their squad before i decided who, who was going to go there but yeah definitely i can see see changes somebody like jordan Pattaya, uh Lolicio, i think you you may have to bring him back. Just so he can sort of regain his his confidence, he's your he's your your understudy, Hunter Hunter Paisami. Uh, karibu's had a had a really really big workload, so it's those guys that are that are fringe fringe guys that have been coming off. I think you need to start them. I think somebody like um um our, our boy Pete Pete Samu, I I would give I would give Pete Samu a start. He's been he's just been outstanding off the off the bench. I mean, so I think. Rocky Swinton at the moment is a little bit of an issue for this uh, for this Wallaby team. Um, Isaac Rodder, I think he comes back into the side. Um, yeah, they, they, I think they've just they've got to make some changes. They've got to freshen these these guys. They're, no question, they'll be banged up
0: after that uh, test against the Springboks on the weekend. Uh, some comments of, yeah, of um, uh, at some um, at fullback, uh, yeah, James O'Connor tire or Hodge at Fifteen is uh, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'd be surprised if you bring James O'Connor back to 15 uh, straight from injury. Personally, uh, I think Hodge was the person on the bench. So I think he's kind of the semi kind of, if you call it, in ownership of the jersey. Um, so, Bowie, are you expecting the Wallabies to to, um,
2: to change things up a little bit as, as Stephen said? Or are you all or, on or, no. or the same team again? No question. I think they will. But I think they shouldn't. That My opinion is they shouldn't. They should pick their top side for this. Uh, if they try and do too much tinkering and if the rest of number of players, which I think they will and some of these players coming, they're going to kind of give up a lot of that exposed form and some of those combinations. So on that very note, I'm actually going to make a, a, a bit of a call here, a bit of a bold call for this. This Saturday, I am actually going to tip the Pumas to trip over a revamped, fresh-faced bunch of Wallabies. That's right, folks. Pumas, to beat the Wallabies, it's going to be a big upset. I think the Pumas, they, the, this this next couple of games is what they've been targeting through and through. Um, and given that they've 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 had had their little run, uh, hadn't had much luck, you know. Well, well beaten. This is uh, an opportunity for them to make a statement. And as I said historically, I'm 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 a bit of a man who believes in statistical patterns. Uh, there's a reason why it happens. So uh, there you go. I, I, for for the Wallabies' sake, I hope they roll out the same site with a few changes, obviously. But if they do have significant tinkering, uh, I want to risk players. They risk an upset loss.
0: Well, the Pumas currently are $3.10 with the TAB um, on that one. And, uh, yes, uh, I'm not sure that I'll be putting any money there, but uh, there we go. Um, it's, uh, I'll be honest, um, Boa's had a better track record recently than I have. That's for certain. Um they got me the stats, but... <laughs> <laughs> talking about the um, the Pumas then, what are we expecting pretty much the same side from them? Or do you, you say, do you think they've been targeting this one? So have they held players back ready for this game?
2: Yeah, I, I, look, I think they'll put out their best 50. I think they'll bring Matera back to six. Him playing number eight is very, very ine- ineffective. Uh, he won't be carrying as much from the kickoff. I think that's one area the All Blacks are really... Figured out and exploited every single time the ball went to him. he just got absolutely pancakes, battled and folded in half. So that will be a few changes. And I think uh, you will see uh, a much better kicking game from the Pumas. And that is what is going to kind of upset the record. uh Bigger part is going to rattle the uppercut a little bit. Um it, it's not going to be a, a overly exciting game where they'll be just going back and forth at each other. And it's going to be a very tactical game. Goal kicking will play a huge part in this game. And I'm expecting the Boomers to come, come home with a wet sail purely on their goal kicking and just exerting pressure, particularly in the set pieces at line times, time, setting up uh, uh, a good, clean ruck recycle ball and putting pressure on the Wallabies' uh, you know the, the the center combination because one thing the Springboks didn't do well enough was put pressure in that midfield area, and that's where it all unravels. So for me, that's that's what I'm looking forward to from the Pumas. Now the
0: big game this weekend, obviously, is the hundredth um, anniversary <clears throat> game between uh, the uh, Springboks and the All Blacks. It's the first game at seven o'clock uh, this weekend. Now uh, LB says box need to make changes, and I must admit. I do agree with him. The question is where, though. I, number one, for me, is mustard can't start at six. Yeah, I think you need three proper Lucy's. Uh, Stephen, I'm uh, um, going kind of reference that earlier. That uh, playing that lock there at six, I don't think is working. Uh, sorry, it's seven on the South African system, but six in everyone else's system uh, isn't really kind of working. Um, but um, Stephen and Boa, and, and where else do you think the the, the box need to change? to freshen things up, because they do look mentally and emotionally drained at
2: the moment. Um, yeah, look, I, I, look well, for me, one of the players is, who looks really out of sorts is uh, Willy LaRue at the back. He looks like he's just uh, uh, you know seriously out of form. So that's that's an area where they have to look at. And, and also, de Klerk, I think it's just, you know, it's same old, same old. this just very uh, little or no imagination, lack like of creativity. Um, and and also, one of the biggest weaklings, uh, one of the biggest passengers in last week's game was Andre Pollard. I mean, you know, there were times he was just tackling thin air. Um, so, look, all these players who I've spoken about are world class players, but for uh, some strange reason, they just can't seem to think themselves out of a uh, paper bag. And that's, that's very concerning. Now, if the box keep doing the same thing, they will get the same result. Probably, it's going to be uh, the the pain is going to be a lot more inflicted upon them. As far as the All Blacks concerned, you know, you know what, you know what to expect. And they've they've probably made it very clear on how they're going to play this game. They're going to play it at 100 mile an hour, so uh, they will need to make some changes. Uh, but the one thing also I have to say is, the box need to pick their fittest side uh last couple of games you know it was it's what i call uber rugby they, they kind of walk from one place to another and then the trainers come on for injuries and and you know this this is something that's really got under my skin because there's 11 uh injury breaks and and the world rugby rules pretty simple if there's a player who you know you can't if you can't move the player then that's it. You've you got to treat them. But most of the injuries, they weren't injuries. They were just going down just to slow the whole game. And this is something which is which starting is to really, uh, you know, uh, annoy myself. Something
0: that, and it's something that all teams do to a greater or less degree. They're just doing it more than anyone else at the moment. I mean, the, the number of props who take a knee before a scrum, and you clearly see that they're, they're not injured at all. They, they're just taking the knee to give all the other forwards rest. Um, and so, look, it, it is, it, it's an unfortunate part of the game. Uh, and we do want the game sped up, and we want it, less of it. Um, but let's, I mean, they're not doing anything that other other teams aren't also doing, but i say just to a greater degree. Um, but you're right about the fitness side of things. Uh, LB, Mostert to lock, yep, agreed. De Pria, uh at eight, and Van Staden at seven, with Vermeulen on the bench, and Pollard to the bench with, Jan, Hel- um, with the Yankees, Elton Yankees, not Herschel, I'm assuming, um, at, uh, at 10. Uh, interesting changes there. I mean, Quagga Smith is one of those players who has got an engine and would give you pace uh, and fitness off the bench uh, uh, to, in, into that side. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, but they've had a problem trying to fit him and Khaleesi into the same, into the same back row. The balance just didn't seem to be right against the Lions. Uh, so we'll see if they do try that one again. Um, but Elby uh, also thinks, yeah, that Delendi might also need a rest um, in this one. So we'll have to... Um, uh, we'll, we'll have to see as to as to what changes they'll make, but the to me it it is uh, yeah, yeah I, I, they'll go six two again, um, and it's about uh, I, I think they need to be playing three proper Lucies the whole time on the pitch um, to uh, to keep up with this because yeah it is a um, uh, so otherwise it's uh, it is a very uh, yeah, they, they they do need to have a fitness team out there. We go to the York team. Uh,
3: yeah i was going to say just on the, the springboks one one player we shouldn't forget if he is available is Chesna Colby. Nice. he if if he can get on the paddock you've got to get him on on the paddock now the option <clears throat> the option could be to play him at fullback but listen, i think he's better suited to the wing because He's such he's actually for his size. He's so good at good under the, the, the high ball and he chases high kicks really well. Although I, I actually thought the wingers both the South African wingers put a lot of pressure on the Australians under the high ball, but I think the All Blacks are better under under the high ball. I think Damien DeLonge, to me has been poor in both tests and I would probably go for Jesse Creel to um to partner Lucano. Um in the uh, in the midfield i can also see a, like uh, lb said before i can see some changes in the loose as as, as well perhaps if Lou De Laga is not available maybe mostard into into um mostard into into lock or if he's not available i think lude Laga will go back into that locking position but i think they'll just maybe try and add a little bit more pace to that back three in the loose forwards
2: yeah the late, the latest news i think both on Colby and Ludiaga is that they are both actually in doubt uh also keep in mind uh was it jasper vis the replacement lock who came in right at the end he's been cited uh, been for, right. nope, number eight your pardon yes. he's been cited for that indiscretion on Samu karevi said which you know it was a red card but it was Given as a yellow, so there's that issue to deal with as well. So that will probably have some wow. impact on the 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 whole composition. But you're right. I think the the single biggest loss in this uh, Springbok outfit is Cheson Colby. You know, in my view, the, you know one of the, oh if not the greatest player uh, of rugby union on the planet at the moment. So for the box sake and for the sake of the game, I hope he's okay, patched up, and ready to go. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, you know, i have to wait and see on Vice as to what his, uh, how the hearing goes. Uh, he, we're, um, we've obviously seen other players uh, have hearings, like Jordy Barrett, and get no ban at all. So um, let's wait and see on Vice. But, uh, I, yeah, I'd, I'd expect Vice to be playing if um, if he isn't banned, to be honest with you. Um, from an All Blacks point of view, clearly we are going to see the number one team. Um, and I think from, from one of the things we're going to learn this weekend is uh, who is... Ian Foster's number one team, but also who is the next cabs off the rank. So, for example, do we see the I or Tupoulatu as the replacement lock? Because um, obviously Sam, uh, sorry, Britalik and uh, uh, Barrett, Scott Barrett will start in the locks. What is his uh, first choice order for for the props uh, and the replacements? Has Samisoni got ahead of Amua or not? I think so, um, but we'll we'll have to. um these are the kind of messages we're going to learn this weekend because this is uh, the most important game for the All Blacks this year. Um, Because it is the 100th 100th anniversary against the Springboks who are the benchmark that uh, the the, the All Blacks measure themselves against uh, generally. And There is France coming up at the end of the year, which will be another big game, but this is the game of the year um, for the All Blacks. So We will see the first choice team out there um, on that note, uh, it looks like Antelope Brown is still a doubt for this weekend, which means I think they will go with um, Havili and uh, Rico Iwani in uh, that uh, 12-13 combination. Boys, thoughts, uh, thoughts that, in that space? Yep, no argument from
3: me. That's that's where I was going. If Leonard Brown was available, he would be a 13. Rico would be on the wing, but that's your centre pairing right there.
2: Yeah, very. Um, I very. Very happy with Havili and recording more than more than more than capable and I would argue probably the better choice. Um, oh, interesting. Um, the uh, because I mean,
0: Rico's obviously taken a lot of flack about his distribution or, or lack of it uh, again this weekend after that break. But uh, yes, uh, clearly that's something that everybody always focuses on when talking about him because obviously he plays a lot of his has played a lot of his rugby at, at, at wing, all of his senior rugby anyway. And, and I've forgotten who the other player was that was a doubt for this game. Um, but there was one other. I've gone blank. So, sorry about that, folks. Um, I guess the other big question marks, I mean, obviously, um, the Lucy I'm expecting, oh, uh, Papi Leahy is a, is a doubt. Um, and uh, if he isn't available, then I would expect Ardi to be on the, the open side at 7. Uh is going to be at 6. Uh, and then the question is, uh, and then probably Luke Jacobson, I would have thought, at 8. If Papali uh, um, is fit, then I think he will be at seven and at eight. I'm I'm not I'm not totally I'm not totally convinced, Paul.
3: I I think if Papali isn't isn't available, I think they'll I think they'll leave Adi at eight, just for, for the sake of combinations. I still think they'll they'll obviously Akira Iwani, but I think Ethan Blackadder. We've see, already seen him operate in that number seven jersey this year, and he's he's very very physical and. Boy, he had a top game on the weekend. I'm, I'm thinking these your these are seven right there, just because of his his, his his just his work rate and his physicality.
2: All the noise coming from the uh, camp as well as the coaching staff has exactly been that, and you cannot dispute his work rate. And particularly against a side like the Springboks, you need someone who's a secure, old fashioned ball carrier. By old fashioned, I mean. Someone who can protect the ball and actually duck down and take that lead shoulder into contact, and right there is Ethan Blackadder, and for him that is his single biggest, uh, you know, weapon of choice. So I'm firmly in your camp, Stephen Harris.
0: Okay, and I guess with Ardy being a seven playing at eight, you can get away with it. Uh, the fact that he is a six, he is not a seven. He definitely, he's definitely not an open side, so you can get away with it because of the um, because of that. Uh, LB says that uh, Blackadder doesn't have a neck. Well, um, yeah, sorry about that. So, yes, yeah, so the black hat had clearly had some surgery there, just fuse his head straight onto his shoulders. Um, uh, not uh, who's asked, oh, yeah, not turn right says, Has Sony um, got ahead of Taylor? No, absolutely not. No, Cody Taylor is first choice, uh, um, definitely, uh, in that one. Um, so and then I guess the other one is then if we've got Rico at uh, at 13, who are your 11, 14, and 15? Uh, um, so I think. A lot of people would have uh, Reese uh, on one wing, uh, then uh, Rico is going to be the other wing. But uh, perhaps is it, is it, is it Reese, Jordan, and oh, D-Mac or, or Jordy? For, for me, I'm going to go with Jordy Barrett. And the reason
3: I go for Jordy Barrett, the South Africans are going to be sending a lot of high kicks his way. He's 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 safest houses under under those high balls because his obviously oh, what a meter ninety six. Very, 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 very tall man. But he also brings the if you've noticed he brings the ball back very physically as well and always gets the ball back. I think D Mac's the sort of guy you you enter into the game with with maybe twenty with twenty odd minutes to go, to my way of thinking, your your two your two reserves. Um I I think you're pretty much looking at maybe, and once again this comes back to injuries, I think you'll you're you're looking at will 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 Jordan, D and another halfback as, as your cover, the other great thing that you've you've actually got about um
0: Jordan, sorry, sorry, sorry. if you put Will
3: Jordan on the bench, who are your two wingers? No, no, no. I'm putting I'm putting oh, Will Jordan. Um I'm uh, putting uh, well Rico Yuani's at center now that probably changes it up up a bit. That probably opens it opens it up for Will Jordan. That's that's based on obviously Rico um, playing in the midfield.
0: The, um, so do we look at yeah. more high kicks from um, from Geordie Barrett? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, oh, sorry. You're talking about kicks. We'll ignore you there um, on What's that fun? one. Um, the uh, All Blacks doing a 6-2 split? No, I don't think so. I think we'll see a 5-3 split. Uh, the only question mark, has DMAC climbed above Bowdoin Barrett with his performance at the weekend in that 10 Um That's another one. Uh, the, it, was a, it was a cracking performance from him, but I think that, uh, um, that Bowden has got the... Uh, has uh, got the money in the bank, um, already invested that will keep him in that. So Jersey and D-Mac
2: will come off the bench. Yeah, George George Bridge and Bill Jordan for me, the wings and Jordan Jordy Barrett that pullback. back, no question. Uh, the play for me, which really sealed Jordan no Barrett, Reese. Uh, and, no Severus. Oh, sorry, Will Will Jordan and George George Bridge. I say, yeah, no Reese Wow, okay. Um, yeah, well, someone's going to miss out, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, yeah, no question. Jordan Barrett, that uh, fullback, the, the play for me, which clinched him, was you know he he, he took a ball literally behind his head yep. in the Pumas game. It reminded me of Lance Kane staying a catching deep and wicket. That's how that's how that's how and, cool and it looked.
3: And he's and, and as far as I'm concerned, he's got the goal kicking. He's more he's no more ac- more accurate than his brother. Got a bigger beat. Got a bigger boot. If you want to play the long kicking game or the fifty twenty two fifty twenty two game, I, yeah, for me he's he's got to be the
0: he's got to be the 15 yeah zodin can't be kicking with his calf if you got a, if you got a, if you got a, a calf issue you can't be kicking so yeah no he shouldn't be uh definitely shouldn't be uh, taking the taking kicks at sticks and, um
2: and and also this this game we will have uh, the, the all backs will have a lot of opportunities to kick at goal and every single time they should take the shot when when they have the opportunity pass the ball to Jordy, take the three because it's you know, this, the, the, the way the All Blacks are rolling this thing forward, they're being very pragmatic about it. They are respecting possession and territory. So I expect to see every opportunity where they are given a crack at having points to be converted.
0: Well, I'm uh, very surprised that gone uh, with bridge uh, so I run in the live chat because I mean, Bridge has been taking a lot of flack as being kind of not good enough uh, and be down on form. So I would be very surprised if he is there. I think it's going to be Bre- going to be Reese on that uh, that left wing. So, uh, some interesting selections, but I think one of the things that, that, that you can tell here is that when none of us are going, oh, my word, we're scratching around to find someone to put that jersey on, right? And that's that's the big thing is that uh, we're happy uh, with a with a couple of different names in there. I mean, uh, one we haven't even talked about is whether will, is the fact that Weber will start ahead of TJ, um, which uh, a lot of people won't necessarily agree with, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so whereas there, there are other... Other teams will be going well. Yeah, okay. How are we going to fill that jersey? Um, and that's, I guess, the only jersey that that is there like that is seven. Is is that seven jersey? The open side um, is that we don't have that. So we don't have a, a, a stack of natural open sides uh, in the squad. Uh, there's, there's quite a lot of sixes and eights. But um, there you go. Um, Boa, thank you very much. Stephen, thank you very much. Uh, there you go, folks. We've got our preview of the. Um, Rugby Championship. Do join us at 5pm every single day for the lockdown beers uh, and Hash Rugby chat uh, and we will be obviously looking at the squads as they um, do get announced. Now um, the um, on this one um, LB says I'll just be happy to see the box finally test our depth. Why take a massive squad and not use it? Well, yes. I think the plan had been to beat the Wallabies in the opening game and use it in the second game Uh, but uh, that all kind of went wrong and they didn't have the uh, uh, and, yeah, basically that changed their plans. I think it's probably what has happened uh, with that one. But, um, yeah, thank you, folks. Don't forget to join us at 5 p.m. for the uh, lockdown beers and a uh, chat.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check
3: out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,